Hello, and welcome to another episode of Idle Thoughts. I'm your host, Damien Bishop, and, well, I've been thinking about heaven and hell for a good minute or two, and it has occurred to me from a theological point of view, uh, the question of why are we alive? <clears throat> Not in the sense of, you know, life is a inherently good thing and we are to uh, simply exist just to exist, you know, um, file your taxes, go home every day, do your nine to five, keep your head down. Being in the middle of the road, play it safe, right? Just surviving in modern culture is, uh, it sucks. It really sucks. However, things are always darkest before dawn. And I'd like to go over today why things have to suck before it gets better. You see, uh, let's, let's put it like this. The Knights of the Round Table are knights of virtue, valor, nobility. They stand for something. They are ideal in almost every way but one. And they are the best of the best. They serve the one true king of the land. And at the time, we referred to him as Arthur. Another time, we would have called him Buddha or Jesus or something else. But that doesn't matter. Before these knights could be knights at the peak of who they're meant to be, the peak of their potential, realized and manifest, they had to be squires first. And so you know, uh, a knight has a squire, a young boy, uh, generally between the ages of 11 and 14, that serve underneath the knight, that uh, takes care of the horse, shovels manure, takes care of the armor, sharpens the weapons, you know, takes care of all the little stuff so the knight can focus on the bigger picture, on what needs to happen. It, uh, it makes sense that in order to get somewhere, you must first serve. You have to get through the bad stuff first. You know. Um, as far as I understand, Republicans have a bad problem of saying, I got here on my own. Uh, no one helped me ever to do or be as, as this one thing. Which, 
though fundamentally untrue, especially when you take into account a village is what it takes to raise a kid, you know, and gradually that kid becomes a village. It, it's a self-feeding ecosystem slash cycle. <clears throat> what, um... In order to get to be CEO, you have to go through the college to get your uh, master's degree in a business business association, right? You have to do this thing. And it's hard. Oh, it's terribly hard. And a lot of what you learn doesn't matter. But you gotta go through it. You gotta do the thing. And by doing the thing, it molds you, it shapes you, it changes you. To go at it from another perspective, it is in my personal opinion that every man should join the military. Especially when they're young and dumb and they think they know how the world works, right? I'm not saying everyone needs to see battle. I'm saying every man needs to be in the military at one point or the other. Because after you have done time, you have done your service, and you're finally back in the homeland as a civilian, you, uh, you have much more of an appreciation for the privileges that you have here where you don't have to look over your shoulder for some someone who might attack you, where you don't have to carry weapons to defend yourself. You simply can, because you have the right to defend yourself. You know, in uh, boot camp, you're not allowed a lot. You're not allowed most of anything. And uh, especially goes for free speech. But after, after you get out and you can say anything you want, you can go up to that dumb jerk and tell him what for and put him in his place. You really do have an appreciation for freedom of speech. Because after you've had that limitation and it's been removed, it's less of an unspoken privileged thing and more of an honor that you even can. A hundred years ago, well, at this point it's 130 years ago, we used to, as a society, drink, sing, dance, and get into fights. And those are very life-affirming activities. Some of the best ever. And uh, most of that has been taken up and relegated into uh, the controlling structure that is sports fandom. First it started with baseball, now it's football. And I'd like to think that the next great big sport that isn't, you know, eSports is going to be uh, um, historical martial arts. 
in that, you know, knights in armor with swords and stuff. I'd like to see that gain more popularity. But, uh, perhaps that's simply my generation. Regardless, the... Oh no, where... Where was I? Life affirmations, yes. So, a few years back, I noticed that at the bar, you know, it, there was bad service, there was a crack in the glass, and, you know, the, the beer wasn't stored right, so it didn't have any froth, it tasted bad, it was a terrible mix, and the guy was, understandably, upset, right? And so he got up, he raised his voice, he caused a verbal, uh, a verbal problem, and decided to, you know, in the heat of the moment, take his beer and leave, you know. And uh, the cops were called on him. And, well... The cops, especially on younger men, aren't there's a reason why they call it police force, you know, especially here in America. They uh, come down really hard because they want that fear to keep other people in line. And yeah. It works. It doesn't work well. Actually, it makes people harden themselves to any problems you may have. Because, uh, you know, if you're an asshole first, then, well, suddenly you're going to be treated like one. So don't be so upset when that happens. Just... So guys aren't allowed to be men. Men are not allowed to be men. Not in the modern day. We had the freedom 130 years ago to be sure. But now? Now guys are defective women. You know. And women are the new man. Which is... Uh, Sad. You know, as a kid, I wanted women to uh, break free from these imposed shackles of society. But instead of seizing their own power of femininity and otherwise, they have merely stepped into the realm of man and conduct themselves as men. And later in life, they find they're unhappy and unsatisfied. Well, no wonder you're doing it wrong. Now, I don't bring this up to uh, just say that it's a problem. I do have a solution. I do feel that feminists cannot approach things as if they're men. Because we cannot respond to them as men. 
you know, guys, we have rules of engagement. If you do X, I respond with Y, you know, if you do A, I respond with B and it goes back and forth down to Z until either one backs down and falls in the line or they are smashed into that line, right? It's, it's how it goes. So the solution for feminists is to actually be mothers. Take your son. Find a man who actually understands what you're about, what the problems are, and champion him, support him. Because he's in a world where men do not get the support. We are hard rocks in the wind rather than a boulder on the ground. You know? And yeah, thrown pebbles hurt, but nothing hurts like a solid boulder reinforced by Mother Earth. Feminists don't choose champions. They make champions of themselves, and that is not what women do. I'm sorry, that is not a woman's power. One of the powers of women is support, of reinforcement. It's... It's funny. It makes as much sense as the submissive in a dominant-submissive relationship to be the one with the real power in the relationship. But that is how it is. You know? And no man wants to admit, yes, I am weak. Yeah, I am vulnerable. Because when you're weak and or you're vulnerable, you are open up to attack. And women today, they're stepping into the role of man. So what is a girl going to do when a man is vulnerable? They're going to go for the throat and attack, attack, attack. Because how dare you be weak? So it makes sense that it's not going to go anywhere. Right. Sorry about the tangent. I'll get back onto the subject line of why we have to go through terrible and bad times to appreciate first where we come out to. Right? You have to. It's like lifting weights. You have to do your sets on the regular. And yeah, it burns. Yeah, it takes willpower to, to be stupid enough to stand there with a thing of lead in your hand and just move it with your body. And you're sore the next day and you gotta do it again. But in time, you will get the results you want. I mean, unless you're eating sugar, which is everywhere in the American diet. But the idea remains. If you work out, it takes time for your body to show the gains, the benefits. 
you have to feel the burn first. You gotta go through the bad stuff before you see the results of good. And you know, like, we can go into the reptilian uh, interpretation of what Jesus is all about, right? Where uh, you take the damage, you know, you get the scars, and you bleed. But then you can shed your skin and have a new life. Even within this life, you shed your skin and it looks like you're a new person. Jesus died and came back. The idea is that resurrection is possible, that forgiveness matters because you end that cycle. Even if they stab out both your eyes, right? You let it go. You move on. Because what matters more? Breaking your hand by making your fist ever tighter and harder to smack that person down with superior violence. Or to let it go. And, as they say, be the bigger person. You know, take that hurt and let it disappear from the world. And you have another life. Even if that another life is tomorrow, every life gets subsequently better. But you gotta work for it. You gotta do it. Every day. And it's hard. Change is possible. Change is paramount. You gotta do the time. You gotta put in the effort. You gotta work hard. Train the pain. Exhale, I can't. Inhale, I can't. Inspire yourself. Inspire others. All that fortune cookie stuff, right? What matters is you take the time. You step up. And it makes a difference. Even if the only difference is, is you say, I choose to do this. I choose to go on, right? For a guy like me, who will run himself into the ground every time, I've had to learn, yes, I choose to go on, but I also choose to rest before I continue, to gather myself back up, to consolidate myself. That matters. If you don't work on yourself, you can't help others. And in this day and age... I've found everyone is in service of themselves. No one is going to help you up. Not really. Because it's not their problems to handle. We live in a terrible age of self-service. And if they can get you to help them, 
and they don't have to give anything back. You're not going anywhere. You're just helping someone get obese off the kindness of others. You are enabling them. It's up to you to change the world. And the world that needs to change is your own. I hope, I have faith, that you will change it for the better, to be better. You don't have to go out and build churches. You don't have to go out and feed the poor. But little moments of kindness, you know. In my life, I've had to face such such people where you have to have the fist ready to strike at any moment and still have your hand out to help them as much as you can give. But the moment they try and take advantage, you gotta put that fist down. Because that is the world we're in. If you go in Talk to anyone in management, anyone who thinks they have power over you. That is how you have to deal with them. It's about respect to a point. It's about having enough for yourself at the end of the day where you can live and not just survive. So go out, help others. But remember to help yourself too. Not in spite of others. That's not okay. But don't forget, you are another person. And you need to help that person. That's, uh, that's one of the examples Jesus gave us, or at least the idea of Jesus. Depends how religious you are, sorry. But, uh, yeah. In a uh, more macro sense of thing, in this emotional journey we call life, where we continue to grow and strive. We, uh, we gotta believe it gets better. You have to believe in something. Else, you're gonna self-destruct. Trust me. It's okay to be strong. But being too strong, making yourself too hard, there's going to be cracks. The worms will seep in and eat you alive. And you're so strong, you can't let anyone come to you and help. That's a real shame. You know. Since I'm going on this religious tangent, I might want to take the time to point out that there's something going on with churches now. 
The Pope talks to the people and says, Harden yourselves to the ideas of others. You know, like uh, sharing ideas is a terrible thing. I went to a Lutheran college once, and the preacher at the front of class where we were studying the Old Testament goes, Thinking is the tool of the devil. No one spoke up. So I did. I should have been more upset, indignant. I should have left. I should have quit that college. And I asked him, where does that idea stem from? And he goes, it's not in the Bible. But this is a preacher. This is a Catholic. He is a Lutheran. And if you talk to any people of that sort, they will go. It's all in the Bible. It's the only truth we have. It's all there is. And this man lied to us, saying that thinking is the tool of the devil, that sharing thoughts and ideas is a problem. I tried talking to uh, religious people at my job, and uh, they often shut down, you know. They tell me, just take it on faith, and sure, but why do you keep thinking I'm trying to convert you when I'm just asking questions, you know? There's a, there's a problem there. And yeah, you're more than willing to convert me, but you're not open to talk about things in a thoughtful, intellectual manner. I've read the Bible three times now, and from cover to cover, and that's with all the begots and the thous and the these, you know. It's it's gotten to the point where these people cherry pick things, right? They have hardened themselves from the rest of the world, and they come to rely on that hardness. If you go to a church and try and join, you gotta make a lot of effort. Because they're not just going to open you in warm, open arms. No, it's a clique. It's a tribe. And the fact that these people go out to try and convert others, and they get rejected, and then welcomed back by the people who sent them out, you know, that's, uh, I'm not going to go into cult stuff or the eight steps that it takes to be a cult. If you want, if you want to experience that, watch the movie Cats, okay? But the fact that they do that knowing the people will get rejected and that they won't bring anyone back, 
they know that those people are going to come back and be even more of that belief system. Not because it's right or there's an epiphany, but because of the emotional stimuli of rejection. You know, it's not about spreading the word of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It hasn't been about that for a long time. People know about Jesus. Stop pretending like you are the minority. No one is attacking you. No one wants to deal with you. You're like the alpha of a group. No one respects you. They just tolerate you. You know? And it's sad. Right? The church is supposed to be the backbone to communities, to whole groups of people, and it's not. It's a crutch. It's a socialist structure, you know. And it's one of the big reasons why I don't see socialism as ever working. For all the money that people pour in the churches, when the church gives back to the community, it is so small. Right down to the portions of food you get, it's so small and they ask that you keep donating constantly so much. Tells me that the money goes somewhere else. These guys don't pay taxes. So where's it going? Right? I small I saw in my father's church um, a collection of 50, maybe 60 people, perhaps 150 people altogether, over a period of four years, donate enough money to a pair of well-meaning reverends, preachers, that they could build a super church on the edge of town. super church a three-story building with vaulted ceilings no second or third floor just the primary floor you know there's a point where you're praising God and you lose sight of the people around you on what actually matters. I've jumped from church to church to church to church, going through all these religious dogmas. And it's all about the click. How can you help me? 
At least that's what I've seen in a lot of the women. The guys, it's just a responsibility. Or they're weak. Or they're weak. You know, the kind of guy who, uh, you know, even though you don't work out, you're pretty sure you can take this guy. Right? It's a funny value, I guess, but it matters. All the churches I've seen are the same. Same clique, same responses. They don't understand. And they all run on an administration now. Management. You know what happened to those two nice preachers? You know why they got such success? Because they preached what they felt. And that has nothing to do with what the church tells them to preach. And by the time they were able to open up that mega church, that super church with three-story buildings, vaulted ceilings, all the bling and dazzle. They were told repeatedly to follow the script. To do what was dictated to them instead of spreading the message. Instead of thinking for yourself, do what you are told, or we will punish you, we will smack you, we will burn you in hell. There are fundamental problems with that. Problems that don't allow people to be healthy, to be worldly, to be well-rounded. No. You do what you are told. You will serve others, especially me, and get so little back. For me, what happened was I eventually learned a thing called boundaries. And to enforce those boundaries, I kept having to escalate. Either telling people to stop, to get out of my face, and I left. Because the only person you can change is yourself. If you're on the outside of things, you see them in a different way. Not for what they are. Just in a different way. And you have to be on the inside and the out. Or just close enough to see things for what they really are. And the fact that the church, the followers, the facade tells people to be strong and harden themselves to the rest of the world. Or whatever the specific words are. 
You get what I'm saying. Doesn't have to be word for word, does it? To get the idea across. The fact that they are hardened against the world means that entropy will set in. That is going to die. That you have removed yourself from the rest of the world and you've chosen to let the rot set in. You know. There was a long ago explosion in the Catholic faith when uh, the old Latin was translated into the new Greek language. And suddenly a bunch of people can read the Bible, right? They actually knew what was up. They couldn't be just stonewalled and narrowed down. This is what it means. This is how it has to be, right? Huge explosion of faith. The number of followers tripled in that time and the church itself saw that as a bad thing right so it's not about the word of God it's about political power which in case you didn't notice kind of goes against the whole believing in God thing Now, earlier I brought up alphas, right? An alpha in a group, according to the original text material, an alpha in a wolf pack is the strongest male that looks out for the other members of the pack, right? He is the king. A king is a public servant in service of others. A tyrant does it for himself, for luxury, power, more boundaries, more, more territory. At that point, when you're doing power for power's sake, when you are in charge just to be in charge, Prayer and faith are just words. And you have become an agent of the devil. The idea of being a king is very important to me. Because you're running things so other people don't have to. Because it's a lot of work. It's a terrible amount of work. And it takes a lot of thought and preparation and consideration to find the best balance of all the different things to help the most people pop possible. Yeah, taxes suck. But without taxes, a lot of people can't eat. Now, I'm not just talking about a family or two. 
I'm talking about cities worth of people wouldn't be able to eat if we didn't have taxes. One singular figure choosing where that all that money goes to and how it's used and how it benefits the community. A community isn't just one person or small group of people. It is all the people in that bubble, in that social and economical ecosystem. I suppose that's why Jesus is the king of kings. Because it's all about service. Any Catholic will tell you he died for us. But they miss the message that's about the service. And you can't start anywhere until you can serve yourself, help yourself, so you have enough water in your cup to help fill someone else's. This has been Idle Thoughts, talking about uh, how in order to achieve, say, heaven or the kingdom of God, you must go the long road, the hard road. You must suffer. And part of that suffering is in service. Because until you understand, until you get the lessons, the cycle just repeats. That bully is going to keep bullying you until you learn how to have boundaries. You show the bully you have boundaries that he can't just mess with you. He'll stop. That's the whole idea behind it. This has been Idle Thoughts. I'm your host, Damien Bishop. <clears throat> and, yeah, I've read the Bible a couple of times. You know, I, I'm sorry I went on about this Jesus tirade and religion. I honestly was trying to stay away from that topic in terms of service. But why am I authority on this, you know? Why should you listen to what I say, or why do I even bother doing this? Well, I tell you, dear listener, I do it because I am. <laughs>